0: I had to come to a place of trusting God that even though it looked like my life was falling apart, you know that horrendous things were happening around me, that really he was still in charge. He was not surprised. You know, as Christians, him asking, "Do you trust me? Do you trust me with the present that I've I've got this under control and do you trust me with your future? You know that whatever's happening is not going to derail you forever."
1: Welcome to the Jesus Calling podcast. Perhaps you've received some news recently that has thrown you for a loop. Someone you love or care about is sick or dying. Or maybe someone close to you is struggling with the darkness of mental illness. Or maybe you yourself have had a health problem or a devastating diagnosis. In this life, we can be reasonably sure that none of us will be spared from suffering. How do we reckon our pain and suffering with a loving God who is supposed to take care of us? There's a verse in 1 Peter that says, after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to His eternal glory in Christ, will Himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Our guests have found comfort in the truth that God is a God of healing and restoration, and that their suffering has produced endurance, strength, and knit them together in compassion for others. For this episode, we'll hear from Meg Aberson a mother of four who advocates for her special needs daughter, Avery, and Carly Green, a congenital heart disease survivor. Let's start with Meg's story. My name
0: is Meg Apperson. I'm married to my husband, Cody, and we have four kids, Maxon, Laura, Avery, and Ryan. And I am a stay-at-home mom and a home educator. I am from North Carolina. I am from a very large family. I'm number five of eight kids, and I knew I always wanted to be a mom when I was a little kid. I wasn't dreaming about Prince Charming or my wedding. I was thinking about you know, children and adopting children, so it was definitely in my heart to be a mom, and I thought I wanted to have a big family My parents made it look so effortless (laughs) and I have come to learn that it is not effortless and uh, having a big family is a lot of work, but I'm grateful to have the opportunity to raise my four. So I met my husband, Cody, through my brother-in-law at the time. I was a single mom. My son, Max, was I think three when we met and we were just best friends almost immediately got married after about 10 months. And then I got pregnant immediately with my daughter, Laura and the vision that we had for our lives, you know, we didn't have a ton of really long-term plans because we were both very young, but I think it was more of like a lifestyle that I had in my head that just had ease to it. And when my daughter Avery was born, you know, that ease vanished completely and has never come back since. So Avery was diagnosed prenatally, kind of by chance. She was diagnosed in a third trimester ultrasound. I was about seven months pregnant and third trimester ultrasounds are not routinely done. So we kind of caught it by chance. I had a feeling and I really demanded to see a specialist. And so we found out that she would have craniosynostosis. At that time, we thought it was single suture craniosynostosis, which is kind of a simple version of it. And, you know, I think we were really protected from the information of just how involved her needs were going to be. We really had no idea before she was born, but that was kind of a miraculous detail that we couldn't fully understand until she was born. The Lord really supernaturally spared both my life and Avery's life by kind of shielding us from how involved her defects would turn out to be. Our daughter was born just profoundly physically broken. As an infant, you could just see, you know, everything that had happened in regards to her syndrome initially just really impacted her structurally through her entire body. And so a lot of times we thought she was gonna have these limitations or the doctors had kind of warned us, you know, she was on a ventilator for a few years. And we kept thinking that maybe that was gonna be it. Maybe that was gonna be her limitation for the rest of her life. You know, when you become a special needs parent, initially your every thought is just consumed with either the present, how you're going to support this child or you're learning how to meet their needs. And for some of us, the past, you know, trying to scramble to find out what could have happened to cause what's occurred. And then, you know, kind of worrying about and grieving the future of what is this child's future going to look like and there's really no way of knowing and and so that just becomes a way of life those thoughts just take over everything and so you lose that language to converse with other parents who aren't facing the same needs and and during that time like for us we had home health nurses and we were talking to the doctors all the time and so there was a lot of interaction but there was so much isolation My marriage with Cody was was severely impacted by by having Avery, and we lived apart for most of her first year. I lived in the ICU with her, and he lived at home with our older children. And so, it seems like this kind of situation with a special needs baby kind of breaks you. It breaks you apart. It breaks you as people. Kind of breaks that unity. And then, you know, just being faithful and and walking out our relationship with the Lord separately. You know, he was really able to create healing between the two of us separately and then in unity together and the lord really healed her in ways that we were very surprised very grateful for obviously but there was really no way of knowing how much function she was going to have and and she's just such a gift you know he really has healed her in a lot of ways and is continuing to Avery is the whole package. She is sweet and spicy and, you know, she just has such a little personality. She's very, very sassy for sure. She's very verbal, which was something that we were kind of surprised about. It's been a a really sweet surprise for her to be um, so easily able to communicate and she's also for all of her fire and sass she's really extraordinary and so her story kind of begs to be told because it's so unusual and hard and beautiful and her voice she physically has a voice you know that we weren't sure she was gonna have and then for a long time I was kind of her voice chronicling her life and everything that was happening and you know I think her mission right now is just living and staying alive and being the sweet beautiful child that she is and and how she impacts people who watch her suffer so well. For as long as I can remember, my parents had always modeled, you know, personal devotions and we had devotions as a family, and then my grandmother, anytime we stayed with her, we would just watch her just have this long drawn out time with the Lord, including the Jesus Calling devotional book. And so it was such a staple in my upbringing. And I have my personal devotions. And I just think it's a beautiful offering for people. My prayers are just, you know, Lord, help me surrender to your will, like your will and not mine. It's so hard to come into a place where, you know, you can kind of release that white knuckled control over your life or your children's lives or your future. And, and so really what I, as somebody who struggles with wanting to control things, I really just have to pray, Lord, help me, help me to be malleable, help me to be able to surrender. And, you know, I, I don't do it perfectly. I'm still learning to trust, but, you know, praying that the Lord would help me remember his faithfulness and also to to learn and to walk out suffering well. Everything is being used for the good of those who love Him. You know, He's really working everything out—all the suffering, all the pain, all the loss, all the times that we feel like we've missed an opportunity or that we're not going to get our opportunity. You know, He really is in control, and so the Lord is not surprised by our humanity. He made us human, and so He is not— Put off by the struggle to surrender. He's not surprised by the struggle to surrender. Where trusting the Lord comes into play is that a lot of times what our version of perfect is, is not his version of perfect. We'll never be perfect. But, you know, it doesn't ever mean that we're a lost cause. It does never mean that he can't use us anymore. I think just the phrase that he works all things for the good of those who love him really is kind of
1: just a truth that we can build our lives around. You can find Meg's book, Sky Full of Stars, learning to surrender to God's perfect plans, wherever books are sold. Stay tuned to Carly Green's story after a brief message. Motherhood. It's a journey like no other, teeming with love, unparalleled dedication, and moments that pierce the very essence of your soul.
0: Jesus Calling for Graduates is perfect for both high school and college graduates as they embark on the next chapter. Look for our special custom edition of Jesus Calling for Graduates, available exclusively at faithgateway.com.
1: Many of us want to develop a deeper prayer life. In this new 365-day devotional, Jesus Listens, Sarah Young offers daily prayers based on Scripture that will help you experience how intentional prayer can connect you to God and change your heart. Learn more about Jesus Listens and download a free sample at JesusCalling.com slash JesusListens. Our next guest is Carly Green, congenital heart disease survivor, adopted daughter, identical twin, and author of Two Hearts, One Hope, a true story of enduring faith in the messiness of life. Carly shares her life story full of loss and medical complications, but also full of love and the goodness of God.
2: My name is Carly Green, I am from a small town in Texas, I'm 36 years old. I'm a writer. The title of my book is Two Hearts, One Hope, A True Story of Enduring Faith in the Messiness of Life. And this story is a memoir about me and my identical twin sister, Kylie. We were both born with congenital heart disease. We were adopted at two days old, and our mom and dad were very Christian, devout people. We went to church three days a week, and being brought up that way, I'm so grateful to know God and to be close to Him and to know where we come from. With Kylie by my side, we just had a great childhood. I was born missing almost half of my heart. So they gave me two days to live when I was born. I'm one minute older than Kylie. She was born with one hole in her heart. But hers, you know, they had a lot of hope for her. The hole in her heart closed very quickly. She grew and blossomed as a child, and I didn't. When we were growing up, I couldn't run with other kids. I didn't get to go to P.E. So Kylie stayed behind and if I couldn't walk that far, she pushed me in a wagon. She piggybacked me when she could. I was very sick. I had had three open heart surgeries by the time I was seven. So she didn't have to have any when she was a child. So she took care of me through her whole childhood. And when we turned 11, we lost our mom to cancer. So it was just me, Kylie and dad. And um, we really leaned on our faith and each other during those times because we just didn't have anybody, and it it was a tough time. Our mom was such a God-fearing, God-loving mother, and we always knew that God was protecting us, was helping us, and we learned that from her, and I'm very grateful to have just those 11 years with her to teach us that. She was very sick. She was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma when she was just 18 years old. She fought with everything she had to live and to make it and by the grace of God she did and she adopted me and Kylie and at the age 35 it came back and God took her home. So I'm very grateful For those years, when I turned 25, I got rushed to the hospital. They removed a grapefruit-sized blood clot out of my heart, and I had my fourth open heart surgery, and they put a pacemaker in at just age 25. When I was there, they gave me 48 hours to live. I went for a two-day visit and was there almost a month, and Kylie never left my side. She just had faith that I was going to pull through, and she's been my lifeline. I don't know if I would have made it growing up with just me. I I wasn't that strong, and I know that's why God gave me a twin sister, because I couldn't do everything. I needed help. She just really was my rock for 35 years, and I wouldn't have made it without her growing up. Twelve years ago, Kylie and her husband, Derek, had a son named Keegan. He was born healthy and perfect, and her heart was doing fine. She had had one heart surgery at this point. She had it during college. So after Keegan, she wanted a little girl so bad. And when she had her heart surgery, you have to choose Do you want a mechanical heart valve or a pig heart valve? And she chose a pig one. The reason she did that is because if you have a mechanical heart valve, you cannot have any more children. And the only thing she ever wanted in life was to be a mother. So she got her pig valve and she tried for seven years to have little Kinsey, IVF, everything. So when she finally got pregnant, she was having seizures through her whole pregnancy. I mean, it almost killed her, but she just wanted to, she wanted a little girl. She finally had Kinsey about four years ago. And at that time, a pig valve only last 10 years. Well, last year it was the 15th year. So her heart started giving out. And last July, she went in for her second heart surgery. And she didn't make it. Now, I think about that and why Why would God do that to me? You know, she went in for her second heart surgery. I've had four. You know, no one in their right mind would think Kylie wouldn't make it. She was this athlete. She played basketball. She was the captain of the swim team. And God took her home. And it was the hardest time the hardest thing I've ever been through losing your mother it's traumatic as it is but losing an identical twin sister you know how do you how do you make it through that we had so many people up at the hospital that were up there praying for her preachers our friends family and he didn't save her well one night I was laying in bed and you know you do that silent ugly cross so and no one hears you I didn't want my fiance to hear me you know losing it. So I was just screaming on the inside, God, why didn't you heal her? You know, the Bible says you will heal her. Why didn't you? So I found Jesus Calling books a few years ago. And I picked up the Jesus Calling devotional and I opened it to my birthday. And that day... And every other page really feels like God is specifically speaking to me at that time. It makes you feel so comforted. And when you need that daily, this is the perfect book to pick up. I bought four or five of them that day and I gave one to Kylie and she fell in love with it just like I did. And as a matter of fact, the cover of my book is purple because that was Kylie's favorite color. And I bought her the Jesus Calling journal and the mini devotional and the regular purple <laughs> devotional so she could have have everything in purple and it's gotten me through so much. I would recommend it to every person I know. I have July 28th, March. It has a special meaning to me. So July 28th, let my love seep into the inner recesses of your being. Do not close off any part of yourself from me. I know you inside and out. So do not try to present a cleaned up self to me. Wounds that you shut away from the light of my love will fester and become wormy. Secret sins that you hide from me can split off and develop lives of their own, controlling you without you realizing it. Open yourself up fully to my transforming presence. Let my brilliant love light search out and destroy hidden fears. This process requires time alone with me as my love soaks into your innermost being. Enjoy my perfect love which expels every trace of fear. And that's my favorite, July 28th, because that's the day God took Kylie home. Faith does not prevent tragedies, but it will get you through it. And when you lean on your faith, when you lean on God, you really do have His strength to go on. I'm not saying any day is going to be easy, because it's not. Kylie's the first thing I think about when I wake up. the last thing I think about when I go to sleep. But if you will talk to God, if you will tell Him, you know, what is wrong, how you feel, your faith will get you through whatever you're going through. Life is hard. It is very hard. And it's tragic sometimes. There's nothing we can do about it. But if you do not have faith in God, you know, what do you have? You have to just... Have a relationship with him, not just pray, you know, a short two second prayer. You have to lean into him. You have to give him your problems, give him your thoughts, and his strength will get you through it. I've had four open heart surgeries. I have scars on my body, but there's two things about scars. One, scars are proof that God heals. And what I tell people, yeah. I have scars, everybody has scars, mine are just a little more visible, and God really got me through that. You know, if if you or someone you know is going through something like this, I want you to know that there is light at the end of the tunnel. There is, and that light might not show up today, it might not show up tomorrow, but when you put your faith in God, when you start praying and really talking to Him and getting to know Him, you know, just like the Bible says, He does everything
1: for the good. Carly recently underwent a fifth open-heart surgery and received her second pacemaker, making her the only person in the world to have lived as long as she has with congenital heart disease—and the only one to survive that many surgeries you can find Carly's book, Two Hearts, One Hope, a true story of enduring faith in the messiness of life. Everywhere books are sold. If you'd like to hear more stories about understanding suffering in our lives, check out our interview with Amanda Klutz. Next time on the Jesus Calling Podcast, we'll hear from singer Granger Smith and his wife, Amber, who tragically lost their three-year-old son in a drowning accident, and the prayer Granger prayed in the hospital while his son was still on life support.
0: My prayer was, God, help me make the right decision in this moment right now. For my family, help me put one foot in front of the other to fulfill your purpose, to manifest your promise to me right now. Into to this family. I need strength just to, to take one breath and put one foot in front of the other, and I'll follow your lead, because I'm not in control here.
1: Want to hear more inspirational stories of people who have been changed by a closer walk with God?